0: well good morning let's take our bibles and turn to mark chapter number 11. mark chapter number 11. i'm so happy to see you this morning Uh, good morning to everyone who's joining us online i'm so happy to see you and i'm so excited for today for multiple reasons number one since i wasn't here last week and thank you so much for those of you who prayed for us while we were away uh, I was speaking at a conference in in the washington, d c. area last Sunday, so I couldn't be here, and I just missed you guys like crazy. This is my first that was my first Sunday being away from you guys, and I thought I was gonna go nuts. I'm sure Adriana, like I must have been driving her a little bit crazy. And I'm really excited today because of our brand new sermon series that we're calling "Jesus Is Still King." Now, whenever you came in this morning, you should have received a little a little card. You should have received a little emoji stick. Can I see that? Uh, wave it at me. If you did not get one, okay. I think we I think we all got it. For those of you who are with us online, I'm just gonna say uh, so. So I want you to hold on to those for a second. We're going to have a little bit of fun in church this morning, okay? Is that okay with you guys? I think it's good to have some fun in church sometimes, uh, all the time. I have fun all the time, but we're going to have a little extra fun today. Now, in your hand, you have a card and you have a positive Faced emoji. Let me see those positive ones. Let me see the happy one. Some of you are winking at me. Uh, I'm married. Uh, Some of you, no, uh, you got smiley faces. That was cheesy. That was corny, but I'm a dad. I get to tell dad jokes. All right. And then you have a negative emotion. Now, let me see. Some of you, oh, there's, some of these are appropriate. Like some of you have got that like sad face. Some of you just got that red angry face. So you got a positive emotion or you have a negative emotion. Uh, So, and then for those of you who are online, I'm going to ask you to participate as well, but I'm going to just like, here, let me talk to our online family. We got to come up with a name for our online family, like New Life Tribe that like the kids are called the New Life Kids Tribe, but like you're our New Life family online. Now, let me just say you have a wider range of emojis you have a wider range of emotions available at your fingertips before we get started with my questions i'm just going to say let's keep it civil let's keep it i whenever i was a youth pastor i would say let's keep it rated c for church uh let's let's be nice online in the comment section uh so but i'm gonna ask some questions and then i want you i'm gonna ask you how do you feel about whatever and you're gonna hold up a sign at me on how you're feeling, whether it's positive or negative, and uh, those of you online, you can have some fun with this in the comment section as well, and I will check it later. Uh, I will check it later. Uh, So I'm a little bit nervous about the online crowd. Uh, So here's my question, how do you feel whenever I say the word 2020? How do you feel? Whenever I say the word twenty, <laughs> 20 whenever I say the word twenty twenty, all right. So we got some, we got some good ones. I'm actually kind of surprised that we have more good ones. So I, I didn't get one. So, but mine is like, oh uh, yes, hand me one of these. Let's let's get one of these. All right. Oh, I, <laughs> this is uh, this is me. I got happy and I got happy. Uh, that's those are my only options. All right. So, but whenever I think twenty twenty, uh, now I just got to say. So whenever I was in whenever I was in Bible college, preparing to be a pastor. In 2010, I had to write a paper, and in my paper, uh, I had to write about what it would be like if I pastored a church. And I said, in 2020, whenever I'm a pastor, which I had no idea that was actually gonna happen, that church is gonna look like this. I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong about what church was gonna look like in the middle of all of this season. So 2020, we got some good ones and we got some bad ones. All right, next question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Just, how do you feel the election is a week from Tuesday? How do you feel whenever. How do you feel about the election coming up on a week from Tuesday? All right, we got some, we got some, we have some like, we have some closet ones. We're like, I'm not going to share, I'm not going to share my emotions on that one. All right, how do, next question, next question, you can hold, you can put it down. How do you feel about your candidates' chances, your candidates' chances of winning on Tuesday? I love how the teenagers, the teenagers are throwing up their sign first. You guys can't even vote you guys don't get to answer this one, you can't even vote, All right. so everyone feels good about their candidates chances, okay, Uh, very cool, Uh, next question, how do you feel about 2021, how do you feel about, what, what do you, how are you feeling about 2021, man, we just have a bunch of optimists in here, that's great, very cool, very cool, okay, here's my next, here's my next question, how do you feel, how do you feel about your own future, just like whenever you consider what your, what you, how you feel about your own future. We got like, can I, can, I just, can I just spin it? Can I spin it? Thank you. You can put those down. You know, whenever I think about a lot of these things, that 2020 has been a different kind of year, hasn't it? Uh, I think it's been different than what all of us expected. I remember at the end of 2019, seeing posts all over social media, and it's like, thank uh, thank goodness that 2019 is over. 2020 is gonna be so much better. And uh, thanks for all of you who jinxed it uh, for us. But 2020 has been different than we've expected. I think, that, I think that most people are a little bit nervous about just this upcoming, uh, the election coming up on next Tuesday. I think that regardless of how you feel about different candidates, dif- depending on how you feel and how you're planning on voting, I think that all of us have just a little bit of, uh, I think everyone would say, hey, this is a really important election, which every four years, it just feels really important. Uh, But maybe you're a little bit nervous about it. Maybe you're a little bit upset about just the state of our country. Maybe you're upset, like this has just been a really crazy, intense time of year. And whenever we look at our circumstances, whenever we look at our own lives sometimes, whenever we look at our situations, it's easy to get filled with a bunch of negative emotion and i'm right there with you but today i want to challenge you and i'm encouraged today because whenever i look at the situations whenever i look at the circumstances of life right now it's easy to get filled with negative emotion but then whenever i look at mark chapter number 11 where we've been walking through the gospel of mark i find an incredibly powerful truth that we're going to be studying for the next several weeks. And here's the truth that we're going to see. We are going to see the truth that Jesus is still King. Regardless of what's going on with coronavirus, regardless of what's going on with the elections, whoever is president, Jesus is still King. So whenever I look at today, whenever I look at here and now, sometimes it can be a little scary, but I want to encourage you. We're going to be encouraged over the next several weeks. We're going to be challenged. We're going to be, I believe, convicted over the next several weeks because what we're going to do is we're going to turn our eyes away from the circumstances of this life and we're going to turn our eyes to Jesus and it's going to give clarity and perspective and we're going to be able to sing from our hearts, it is well with my soul. So Mark chapter number 11, let's look in verse number one this morning. It says, And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tide whereon never man sat. So you're going to find an unbroken colt, an unbroken donkey. Where on never man sat, you shall find a colt tied. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met. And they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye, loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. Today we're gonna talk about this idea, Jesus is still king. Let's pray and we'll dive into God's word this morning. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness to us. And thank you for your grace in our lives. And Lord, I ask that you be with this time as we study your word. I ask that you'd fill me with your spirit. And may the word of God speak through me. And Lord, I ask that you give us all exactly what we need today. I pray that you'd comfort our hearts. I know that so many that are here today and that are here online with us uh, need some comfort today. Uh, I know that with all of the circumstances of life and the hurt that that so many of us are going through and experiencing now uh, some of the worry that's going on in our hearts and in our minds. We need to turn our eyes to you and we need to see you for who you are. So Lord, I pray that you'd provide comfort. I pray that you'd provide conviction. I ask that you'd speak to our hearts and give us exactly what we need. And Lord, I pray that we would see you as who you are, the wonderful son of God who loved us so much that you gave yourself freely so that we could have forgiveness and a relationship with you. And Lord, I ask that if there's any person today who does not know you as Savior, who can't sing it as well with my soul, who does not know the peace of Jesus, I ask that today they would find a relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In Mark chapter number 11, Jesus has reached his final destination. Jesus is at Jerusalem. And today what we're going to look at is we are going to look at an event as Jesus enters into Jerusalem, an event that's known as the triumphal entry. This triumphal entry is the arrival of the King. Now, in order to understand and grasp better what's going on in our text today, we have to understand why this event is so special. The story of the Bible and going all the way back to Genesis goes something like this. God created mankind for a relationship. God created man and woman for a relationship with himself. He created a home for mankind with God. Yet man rejected God and turned from God and God just continues to pursue mankind. And the Old Testament of Scripture focuses on how God pursued mankind through the nation of Israel. He starts this nation, he founds this nation, and he pursues a relationship with them. And then in the book of 1 Samuel, we find that the people of Israel, they want a king. They desire a human king. Uh, So God gives them a king, and the first king doesn't turn out so well. His name is Saul. Uh, He's a bad king. He messes things up. He's kind of... Uh, the, he he just wasn't a very good king. We'll study him uh, at a future time. But then after King Saul came another king named King David. Now, I'm kind of a fan, uh, but that's probably because I'm biased because my name is David. But King David, if you've heard of the story of David and Goliath, uh, then you're probably a, then you're a little bit familiar with this King David. King David was a man who was known as a man after God's own heart. He was a broken person. He was a flawed person, just like all of us are. But he was known as a man after God's own heart. And in, uh, I believe it's in 2 Samuel uh, or in Kings, God makes a promise to David. Uh, we call that the Davidic covenant. God makes a, a holy promise to David that he's going to set up his family to rule forever. And someday through David's family line will come a perfect king. Will, through his family line will, will come the, the, a great king who will rule and reign Israel and the world forever. In Mark chapter number 11, Jesus enters into Jerusalem as that king. He enters into Jerusalem as that king. And as we look and as we see King Jesus entering into Jerusalem... I want you to notice, uh, we want to ask this question like we do if you're with us in our Thursday Bible studies, we always ask the question, what does this text teach me about God? We are going to look at this text and see what does this text teach us about King Jesus? Are you ready? The first truth that I want you to notice this morning is that Jesus is a gracious King. Jesus is a gracious King. Look with me in verse number one of Mark chapter 11. I'd like to encourage you to hold, uh, keep your Bibles open. And if we can throw the verses up there, that'd be great too. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Uh, But the Bible says in verse number one, it says, and when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples. So he's about to ride into Jerusalem on a colt. He's about to ride into Jerusalem on 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 an unbroken colt. And I want you to notice that he calls some disciples to go get this colt for his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And I want you to notice in this verse here, it says that he sendeth forth two of his disciples. Now, whenever I read that for the first time, I thought that that was a very interesting statement. He sends two of his disciples. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to throw out this question. Who were these two disciples? Who were these two disciples? All right. Think about that for a moment. Just uh, chew on that for a second. Who were these two disciples? I've thought about it and I've wrestled with it. I thought, hey, maybe it was We've talked a lot about Jesus' disciples lately, haven't we? We've talked about James and John, the sons of thunder. Remember a couple of weeks ago, they came to Jesus and said, we want to sit on your right hand and on your left hand. Maybe it was James and John. Maybe it was, maybe it was Peter and Andrew. Maybe it was the other brothers on Jesus' team. Uh, and we could go back and forth. And I know a lot of times we, we look at these questions. Remember when we talked about Jesus writing in the sand, drawing, uh, drawing in the sand? We like, we, can, we like to speculate about what this might have been, but we don't want to ask the question, what do I think this says?" We want to ask the question, what does this say? What does the Bible say? Uh, and the Bible doesn't tell us who the two disciples were. It just says that they were two disciples, and here's the reason why. Jesus is about to do something miraculous. Jesus is about to fulfill scripture that is hundreds and hundreds of years old. And I want you to get this, because this is really important. Jesus is about to do the miraculous. And this is a miracle. This This is a truth. This is a story about Jesus, not about these disciples. These disciples are about to encounter something wonderful. They're about to encounter something that's kind of crazy. But the disciples aren't performing miracles. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what their successes were. It doesn't matter what their background was. It doesn't matter what their failings were. all that matters is that they were followers of Jesus. And whenever I look at this, I'm encouraged. My heart is encouraged because we see that Jesus is a gracious king. Because a lot of times in my life, I think, hey, there is no way that God could use me. I've messed up too many times. Hey, there's no way that God could do miraculous things in and through my life because I've failed too much. Uh, maybe it's, I don't know the Bible like I should. I don't really read the Bible. Or maybe, whatever it is, maybe I haven't gone to church my whole life, or maybe I'm not, I'm not a pastor, or, or whatever. And you could say, uh, fill in the blank. You can fill in the blank with maybe an addiction. You can fill in the blank with maybe your economic status. You can fill in the blank with a lot of things and say, I can't serve Jesus. I can't follow Jesus. I can't make a difference. I can't see God do incredible things. Because... I fail in a certain way. But my friend, I want to tell you this, is that Jesus didn't do a miracle because of who these disciples were. We don't even know who they are. Jesus does the miraculous because of who he is. And all that matters is that these disciples are followers of him. And my friend, I just want to encourage you this morning, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen and failed and messed up. Jesus loves you, Jesus cares for you, and here's what matters. Are you a follower of Jesus? Because when Jesus does this work, he does his work. He allows his people to be a part of the miraculous, but they have to be followers of him. They have to be followers of him. So we see that Jesus is a gracious king. The second truth that we see is that Jesus is an omniscient king. Jesus is an omniscient king. Just look at your neighbor for a second and say that word with me. It's kind of fun. Omniscient omniscient there we go omniscient now that's a big word that we don't use very often but that word omniscient means all-knowing it's a doctrinal word i thought about uh <coughs> i thought about changing it but this is a doctrinal uh, this is a, a wonderful doctrinal truth and it means that jesus is all knowing he knows everything and aren't you encouraged by that because sometimes i feel like my god is working on my heart or God's speaking to me about something and i think god there's no way that i can do that and then i'm reminded that he knows everything uh, I've, I've been challenged over the course of my life. I remember when Adrienne and I first got married, and and you know we don't we really we don't talk about giving hardly at all here at New Life. Probably I should speak about it. We probably we should talk about it maybe a little bit more. But I remember when Adrienne and I first got married, and we like we were gonna go on a trip, and we were gonna go we we're gonna go get away for a couple days. And I was a little bit worried about finances for the trip. I had promised the trip to Adriana. But then I was worried, like, hey, how are we gonna pay for it? And then I got my paycheck and I was like, I knew that I was supposed to give to the Lord, but I was like, man, I'm going on this trip. Uh I don't I don't know. I can't I can't whatever. And then God it was like a uh, God just worked in my heart and said, like, hey, like I can take care of you. So I was like, you know what, whatever. I'm gonna I'm just gonna give it and if we get stranded in Dallas, then I'll call my dad and ask him to come pick me up or something. No, I don't know. Uh, so, but we gave and we went on our trip. We had a great time. And then it was crazy. We were up in Dallas on our trip. And then I get a call from my mom. Now, this was, we got, Adrian and I got married in August of 2014. And this trip was like in October. So this was like months. And then while we're on our trip, my mom cal- calls me and says, hey, I'm really sorry about this, but... Uh, I've had money that somebody gave me for your wedding back in August, and I've had it in my purse for like three months. Uh, so, but, uh, that, so all of the money that I had given to God, it was like he gave it right back to me. And can I just tell you something? Is that sometimes in our lives, we, we can get where we hold on to things ourselves. Uh, we can hold on to And I'm just going to speak very frankly this morning, okay? Because election season is coming up. And I know that every election season... Every election season, we get, we, people get keyed up. I get keyed up. Uh, and we can get all worried about things. We can get worried about life. We can get angry. Uh, it's really easy if you're on social media to get angry. Uh, but can I just challenge you this morning is that Jesus knows what is going on. Jesus knows what is going on in your life. What, whatever it is that you're wrestling with, whatever it is that you're struggling with, we serve... We follow an omniscient king. Nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing takes God by surprise. So we can trust him. We can trust him this morning. So we see that Jesus is an omniscient king. Where do we see this in the text? Let's look at verse number two. It says that Jesus said to them, to these two disciples, go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you be entered into it, Ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat. Loose him loose him, and bring him. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. Straightway he will send him hither. So I love this. Jesus speaks to these two disciples and he says, guys, I want you to go to the next town. And When you go to the next town, you're going to see this colt. You're going, to see this, you're going to see this donkey that is obvious that it's never been broken. Like this must have been a wild animal just jumping all around. But you're going to go find this colt. And whenever you find this colt on this street, you're going to go grab the colt. And whenever you grab the colt, the owners of the colt are going to say, hey, what are you doing with our cult. And whenever they say that, you just say that the Lord needs him. The Lord needs this cult, and then they'll let him go. So here's what we see in verses two and three. Jesus is predicting everything that is going to happen. Jesus is telling his disciples, this is exactly what is going to happen. Now I don't know about you, but I would get really nervous at this point if I was one of those two disciples. Because we we read this and and I understand that there's a cultural difference. We live in America. This was Israel in the Middle East. We live in 2020. Uh, God, please help us. We live in 2020. They lived 2,000 years ago. So, but let me put this into today's vernacular to help us understand a little bit, all right? If you lived in Israel in the first century, then you you got around places in one of two ways. You got around either on foot or you got around by riding on an animal like a cult, like we see in our text. So this would have been quite valuable to the owners. So I have, right before, uh, so like two years ago, God provided for us, miraculously, God provided for us our car mine and Adriana's car. It's a Ford Explorer out there. I really, I really like my car. It's really a miracle story that I'll just have to tell you sometime. If you wanna hear the story, come talk to me after church. I'd love to tell you the story. But God provided for it. God provided us that car miraculously. We haven't named it yet. Uh, we really should. Uh, but our last car was also an Explorer. We named him Eddie, uh, the Explorer. No offense, Eddie. Uh, so, but, uh, so we call him Eddie. So I just, I can't name, maybe we'll just call him EJ. Uh, this one, it's, it's Eddie the Explorer Jr. Uh, so, but I, I love that car. I enjoy that car. Now let's say we're, we're leaving church today and Jaden uh, is, we're getting out there and Jaden is sitting, which I don't know why Jaden would because Jaden's car is way cooler than mine. But Jaden's sitting behind the wheel of my car and I say, Jaden, what are you doing in my in my car, man? And he goes, Pastor David, the Lord wants me to have your car. The Lord wants me to have it. He just said, take it. Hey, guess what? Jaden and I are gonna have words. We're gonna have problems. So I was I was I shared this story somewhere else. Uh, uh, I think it was in the it was in the Kema, in the Kima area. I was I was sharing this story at a church in the Kema area. And this guy had literally had his car stolen like the week before. And he came to me like angry. And he was like, those are shooting words. Like, I'd shoot that guy. Uh, I was like, man. Uh, so, uh, so, but anyways, it's like Jesus is telling this guy, Jesus is predicting for this guy, hey, go to the next town and take this animal that is very valuable to these owners. And then whenever they say, what are you doing with our colt? What are you doing with our ride? Say, the Lord needs him, and then they're going to say, oh, take him. Now, if I was one of those two disciples, I would be going with like my knees shaking. I would be a little bit worried. But here's what we see in the next, in the next verses. We see in verse number four that they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, a cross reverence tells us it was the owners, what do ye loosing the colt? And they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. Everything that Jesus had just described is what took place in our text. Everything that Jesus predicted to his disciples is exactly what happened when they got there. Jesus knew what was going on. And let me just challenge you, let me encourage you. We serve an omniscient, all-knowing king. He's an omniscient king. He is a sovereign king. He is a sovereign king. The Bible tells us that the heart of the king, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. He is a sovereign king. He works in the hearts of men. He works in the hearts of men. And I love how we see this because to me, the only way, the only way that the owners of this colt let their animal go is if Jesus is with them working on hearts. Jesus is with them working on hearts. So let me just challenge you, let me encourage you, church, is that God can take care of your situation. He is a sovereign king. He can work, he can do a great work in your life. Whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstances, whatever your fear is, he is a sovereign king. He can do a great work. Be encouraged today. Jesus is a sovereign king. Then I noticed next in our text that Jesus is a worthy king. Jesus is a worthy king. We said it, our verse for this series is Revelation where it says, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive honor and power and glory and riches. He is worthy of it all. Jesus is a worthy king. Look with me in verse number seven. It says, and they brought the colt, (coughs) they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him. And he sat upon him and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. And what we see is that the, that the disciples, they go, they obey Jesus. And by the way, that's something good for all of us to do. Uh, that's something that all of us should do. All of us should be obedient disciples of our savior. When God works in our heart about something, we should obey. Whenever God tells us to do something through his word, we should obey. Whenever the Bible says, uh, be be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing. uh, In this season where it's so easy to get anxious about uh, viruses and elections and all of those things. Hey, the Bible says, be careful, be anxious for nothing. We can obey because he is our omniscient, sovereign, powerful, gracious king. So we see that uh, they get the colt and exactly like Jesus described, it all comes. So they bring the donkey to Jesus, they bring the colt to Jesus and Jesus rides into Jerusalem and they start putting branches, they start cutting off branches and putting it in the street. And it's a, it's a grand affair as Jesus rides into Jerusalem and people are singing and people are shouting and, and people are, are saying, Hosanna, blessed is the king. Uh, blessed is uh, the king of our father. Blessed be the kingdom of our father, David. They're saying, hey, God keeps his promises. The God the the promises that God made to David hundreds of years before, God is now fulfilling as Jesus rides into Jerusalem and what I want to tell you this morning is that we serve a worthy a worthy king he is worthy of our praise he is worthy of our worship whenever we come together and we gather together to sing praises to our God he is worthy of every breath that we breathe he's every he's worthy of every song that we sing whenever you sing with your heart to the Lord he is worthy of it all he is worthy for you to live your life for him. Uh, all of us have a desire to live for something greater than ourselves. There is no one that is greater. There is no one that is more worthy than King Jesus. Jesus is a worthy king, and they the disciples that bring their the disciples that bring their coats to Jesus, uh, that bring the colt to Jesus. They take off their robes, they take off their coats, and they put it on the donkey. They say, Jesus, you are worthy. So we want you to, Jesus, we want you to have a comfortable ride in Jerusalem. So here, please ride on our robes, and please ride on these branches. And Jesus, we want you, we want you to have a comfortable ride as you enter into Jerusalem because you are worthy. You are worthy. My friend, he is worthy of your life. He is worthy of your love. And if you don't know Jesus today, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be your savior, he is worthy of your soul. He's worthy. We see that he's a worthy king. And then finally, I want you to notice that Jesus is a patient king. Jesus is a patient king. And this is really amazing to me because Jesus rides in, he fulfills scripture, he fulfills prophecy, both that God promised to David at the Davidic covenant, and He also fulfills the prophecy of Zechariah nine nine, where it says that the King who will come, the Messiah who will come, He's going to come riding into Jerusalem on a colt. Jesus is fulfilling hundreds of year old, hundreds of year old prophecy, and He enters in as a King. And I just a little, as a little exercise, I want to ask you this question: Whenever someone, if you've ever watched a, like a coronation before. Uh, if you've ever watched or if you've ever, like if you're familiar at all with when people are crowned king or, or, or queen, when they go through this big ceremony, this big fanfare, what happens at the end of the ceremony? They, they, they rise. And that's what you do for a ceremony like this. I want you to notice with me in verse number 11 what Jesus does. Look with me in verse number 11 at what Jesus does. He rides in, and in verse 11 it says, Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, and he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So here's what Jesus does. Jesus rides on his colt into Jerusalem. People are singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. By the way, this crowd is later going to be singing, crucify him, crucify him. But he rides into Jerusalem. He walks into the temple, which is his house, a house built for God. It's his house. He walks in, he looks around, and he leaves town. He leaves town. He goes right back to Bethany where he came from. Why is that? There's no crown. There's no scepter. There's no throne. Why would Jesus do this if this is his big triumphal entry? It's because Jesus is a patient king. Because you see, while Jesus is worthy of a crown of glory, in one week, he's going to trade it for a crown of thorns. Instead of sitting on a royal throne, he's going to trade that to hang on a cross. And to Jesus, it was better to wait and put all of that aside because rather than be the king of Israel, he wanted to be the king of your heart. Instead of ruling and reigning, he wanted a relationship with me and with you. So as Jesus comes and he rides into Jerusalem, being hailed as the king, Jesus puts all of that aside and he leaves town so that he can come in and we're going to see event after event after event. When everyone is singing, Hosanna, blessed be the king. He's going to orchestrate events and by the end of the same week, Jesus is going to suffer and he's going to be beaten and he's going to be mocked and he's going to be crucified and he's going to die. Why? Why? Because you and I are all sinful, p- broken people. The promises that God had made to Abraham and to David and to every single person all the way through the Old Testament, every person that Jesus interacted with in his time in this gospel, were, they're all broken, flawed people. And Jesus came not to rule on a throne, but to hang on a cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins so that justice could be served so that our debts could be paid in full so that you and i could be forgiven so that you and i could be free so that you and i could have a relationship with god and while jesus could have had all of the splendors and glory of everything he put it all aside so that he could have a relationship with you and me that's why he came that's why he died Everything that he did, he did out of love for you. My friend, that's why Jesus is worthy. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if Jesus has never washed away and forgiven your sins, you can experience that freedom. You can experience that forgiveness. You can experience that cleansing today. You can experience that today. And that's why in a season like 2020, whenever life is just a mess, whenever so many people are filled with fear, we can sing with with joy, we can celebrate with gladness, we can sing about the peace of God like we sang about this morning. It is well, it is well with my soul because Jesus is still King. Whenever I was a kid, maybe you've had a similar experience whenever we were kids growing up and you, you had some circumstance where you were like really scared about something. Uh, sometimes we, live, we would live out in the woods and sometimes whenever I was growing up, we lived out in the woods and sometimes like everything would just be really scary. And I'm the oldest of four siblings. I'm the oldest of four kids. And if we were scared about something, then... If my, if my younger sisters or if my younger brother said, hey, you know what, We're, it's all, everything's going to be okay, it usually was. It didn't make me feel any better. Why? Because they didn't have any authority and they didn't have any power to protect me. But whenever someone that I trusted, like my parents, whenever I was scared about something, whenever I was worried about something, whenever I was a kid, if my parents said, hey, it's going to be okay, I could, I could be at peace because, because of who I trusted and because I knew that they could take care of me. Church, I want to share with you today that we can be at peace and we can be at rest because Jesus has said that he will take care of you. And Jesus, he's still king. He's still king. If you would please bow your heads and close your eyes and stand together. I'd like to ask you this question. Have you ever received the forgiveness that Jesus offers? If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive your sins, if you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus, but you would like to know more about that, if you would like to talk to somebody about that, or if you just need prayer, if you just would like someone to pray with you, we're about to sing a song in a moment, and we have Jaden and Raquel over here. They would love to pray with you, and they'd love to talk to you. If you would like to know how you can receive a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, then just while we sing this song, step out of your seat. If you need prayer, just step out of your seat and go talk to Raquel or Jaden. They would love to pray with you and talk talk with you. Uh, Otherwise, as we sing this song, I would like to encourage you to just uh, take a moment of prayer. Take a moment of prayer uh, to, to praise our God. Jesus is still king. And whatever your fear is, whatever your struggle is this morning, remember Jesus, Jesus has you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus is sovereign. Jesus is king. So let's sing together. If you would like to talk to someone about how you can know Jesus as your savior, about how you can be forgiven, then just step out of your seat and talk to, talk to Jaden or Raquel. They would love to pray with you. If you need prayer, go talk with them. They would love to pray with you. Let's sing this song that we sang earlier.